It's Craigie Island Rugby, I'm your host Rob Murphy and here's Alan Deegan and William Davis taking you through Connacht's fifth game of the season. Okay William, we're here uh, five minutes before kickoff on a beautiful night yet again for the start of the season and uh, I know just talking to Dara Leader's mum there, she was saying that they were all worried about the weather this week, they were panicking over the, the forecast that they didn't want it to be windy. Um, the way we're playing, we want to have a nice light like tonight. Absolutely do. Place is buzzing again. Uh, this is a very big game. When you start winning games, all games become big. The DJ has been assaulting us with don't believe the hype. Well, let's uh, see if we are going to believe the hype this evening. Um, it's just Actually, it's now just starting to rain, which is sort of fairly typical here at the sports ground. Um, it'll be very simple. They need to start on a steady manner, not the way they did against Leinster, get into this game and really put it up to Cardiff, who have a habit on the road of winning here, but are regarded maybe as a little bit soft sometimes. OK, William, it's 20 minutes gone. Cardiff have just gone in under the post. They're going to take a 7-3 lead. Connick Scrum has been going very well, but the line a disaster. What are your thoughts so far? Yeah, the lineup has really allowed Cardiff to get a foothold in the game. They've been operating off scraps and uh, it's it's very typical of a game against Cardiff. It's the sort of game, it's, it seems to be the sort of game they always turn into. Connacht have looked okay and they've had a couple of decent opp- attacking opportunities, but they need now to hit, hit the line pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. I think we need to get some more go-forward ball, hold on for a bit longer, and um, really put this guy, these cards inside away. They're there for the taking. Okay, William, it's just half time. 10 all. Connacht have had a bit of a curate egg of a game. They've got done some things very well, but from my book, playing far too much rugby in their own half. Oh, absolutely. Uh, running penalties and uh, total failure at times to, to get any position. And I think they'll be quite happy to go in 10 each. Cardiff have just lived off scraps, mostly our errors, um, line out problems. And that's very frustrating because that is the way that. Cardiff, in my mind, always come here and do a job. Um, but look, second half, we've, we've improved in every game we've played in the second half. So we'll see now what the management team have to, to say at half time. And see um, how it goes. Yeah, I saw, I saw Dan, Dan come over and take Ali Muldowney off the bench and have a long chat with him there just before half time. I, I think we're going to see some changes at half time. We need it. If we play a little bit more sensible rugby, this game is there for us to win. Okay, 61 minutes. Connacht has scored two great tries to go 24-10 up. Um, we've upped the intensity. We're doing something special at half time. Yeah, I don't know what it is. We need to bottle it. Only one side in it so far. Two fantastic tries and two equally fantastic conversions from Craig Ronaldson. And um, Cardiff pulling the substitutes. We're doing the same now, but this is now our, our game to control and win. Yeah, we've just won a scrum penalty, uh, which is kickable. I'm assuming they're going to kick this over and put us 17 points ahead. So um, it's looking good at the moment. Let's hope we can kick on. Okay, William, we've we've thrown that one away. I know we didn't lose, but it feels like a loss. We 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 had the game won. We had a kickable penalty. We went to touch. We didn't do anything with it. 
and that's, that's that's worse than a loss really that was uh, that was a dreadful 20 minutes for Connacht the last time I spoke on this we were 24-10 up uh, we, we seemed to fall apart mentally some very fluffy decision making penalty that was turned down um, take, getting a penalty in the scrum and then going for the line out which is misfiring all night and um, that's that's pretty grim we we going to have to that's going to be a tough one to analyze on monday morning and that's very very disappointing there's no other way of looking at it right craggy island rugby episode 5 6 five. 5 it is actually 5 6 on the thing i accidentally lost count if lost count of the episodes he thought, see, this is match day five, and he was doing, and I was, uh, well, anyway. Go I got on. a call from That's Alan, like, he's, he's busy during work, and he rang me, and goes, you do realise you said it's episode five, and it's episode four, Rob? Th- yeah. There was me about to say that was your most professional one yet. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> professional, whatever. William Davis, you're the most disappointed looking of the lot of them here. <laughs> yeah, that was very hard to take. Uh, very, very frustrating. I spoke at the 60th minute. I said there was only one team in the first 20 minutes of the second half. There was then only one team in the last 20 minutes of the second half. Mentally, we closed down. And it got incredibly... uh, Predictable? I don't know whether it was predictable because we played so well after half-time. We'd scored two good tries, two good conversions. And then we didn't take a penalty that would have put us 17 points up and from there it became uh, a shambles. Yeah, we'd, what we'd done was we turned them at half time, I said I want to see us playing more rugby in their half and we spent the first 20 minutes playing rugby in their half and got all the options to do things. Why we didn't go for a scrum from the penalty we got from a scrum we kicked it to a line out that was at best 50-50. Another scrum there, we could have been having a penalty try and that's the three scores we want. The penalty we should have kicked would have given us a three score lead and from that point, we stopped kicking the ball in behind. Cartier kicked one. His first kick of the second half, being behind, you said game change or you know uh, yeah. plan, change the plan, yeah. and this is going to work, and this is going to put them in good position. The, the, the kicks were all to Dan Fish. Dan Fish is a regular yeah. fullback playing on the wing this week. They didn't even attempt to get in behind Cuthbert. Yeah. Uh, Cuthbert is ver- Cuthbert, Cuthbert is a very good player with the ball, but he's, he's he is going to be slightly slow to turn. It doesn't, and he doesn't play fullback. So why not try a few on yeah. few on fish? Fish got himself out of position a couple of times, but he was he was on most of the balls. He was actually quite good over. Actually, he's more uh, than uh, quite uh, good. Well, he was the Not only that we're twenty four ten up, fish. Well, don't don't want to pick on. He had a penalty to kick to the corner, and he kicks it straight over the end line. Yeah, they were yeah. dead. They were they dead. were dead, and it's, it makes it even more frustrating that. Yeah, you're well, fair play to them. They they brought on actually they made a two yeah. incredibly important substitutions. They bring on two internationals in Navidi and Turnbull. Yeah. To tighten up their back row. They're such good players, the two of them. They didn't. Yeah. Thirty two. I mean, you were saying thirty two phases at, at the end. We don't do thirty two phases because someone's going to drop the ball. There was no hint that anybody was going to drop the ball for that. Yeah, and that's why when I looked at that TMO and I really felt it wasn't a try on the evidence of the video. Anyways, uh, the crowd felt that yeah, way too. Yeah, it really, it really didn't look like a try. There is certain kind of a feeling of yeah, but it wasn't like you know, it wasn't against the run of play either. Twenty four no. all is the way it finished because I should really top the podcast oh, yeah, with that, yeah. <laughs> just in case anyone doesn't know what we're talking about yeah, here at the sports lose, ground. We drew, we drew. Uh, yeah, and like you know, I guess that point, Alan, before like you know you. You could, you could be looking at the fact that Connacht could have 18 points on the board going into Europe if they get a win in Treviso if they get a win in Treviso but if they do I mean we would have been absolutely delighted with that yeah yeah. I don't think I've ever been quite as gutted over a draw because I think we've, we dropped three points tonight we had a chance to go if I think if we John Muldoon said that he said like you know in the same way that they could have lost three points at the debt against Leinster they dropped three points here yeah and because and 
you kick the penalty, you go three scores up. It changes their mindset as well as relaxing our mindset. And so they have to work that a little bit harder. It gives us more opportunities to possibly kick the ball into the corner if we keep kicking the ball behind. I think Jack kicked the ball that went dead um, and he never kicked another one. We'll cut in here at this stage just to put in a bit of audio. We spoke to Pat Lamb and John Muldoon afterwards. Obviously, both of them sounded like a, a player and a coach who had just lost a game. Pretty gutted um, in the change room. We got ourselves out to 2014 and um, we just need to put the foot on the throat and... You know, throughout the game, we were struggling with our set piece, uh, our line out. Yeah, and we, um, you know, probably the, the last bit was that for three weeks before that, we defend, we defended so well. And uh, you know, some of the defence at the end there wasn't wasn't up to our standard. Um, you know, to allow them to, to ride some tackles, and you know, and um, you know, so um, yeah, very very disappointed. Probably could be a lot of discussion about the TMO call at the end, but before we talk about that, when Connacht were twenty four ten up, they had a chance to go for the post. I mean, you're just your point of view. Was, was that a bad call at this in this hindsight, or that's all hindsight? I mm. think uh, you know the call on the day is down to um, you know the, the, uh, obviously the captain and uh, for John and and others, and you know they make the call for what they feel there, and um, you know, and I think when we went to the corner, we got a line out, and it was it was we had to play, and it was working. We we knew we were in there. And I think the crowd threw the ball in and he stopped it. And um, uh, there was a lot, fair to say, a lot of frustration, particularly from Dan. And we had to reset it and they knew then and they, they, they picked it. But, you know, we were in that corner and um, we should have nailed that. Uh, we had a scrum as well. I think he, we got penalised there when, uh, you know, Kieran, we had a dominant scrum. So... It's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we just look at ourselves, you know, where we shouldn't have been in position to get down to a team in opposition. We should have been ruthless enough to, to finish that off, and, and it's, uh, everyone's pretty gutted. Yeah, because, look, I mean, we're talking about a game here against four British and Irish Lions against a really strong Cardiff Blues. We kind of came out in the second half for 10 minutes. It was incredible stuff. Two great tries. Yeah, we spoke at half-time. Was, we just couldn't get our line-up going. Uh, you know, obviously, we're struggling with the front, um, and... Um, uh, they, they were just feeding off that, and when we just we spoke about calm at half time, and that you know the only reason they're in this game is we're giving it to them. If we and Dad made a few changes to to the way we try to win line out ball, and and we talked about controlling the ball, and, and you know things were coming. So you know we got a couple of good tries, uh, one off set piece, and and uh, you know twenty four ten as things are going well, and then we just knew if you if you don't put them away, and we mentioned that, I said, they did it to us last year, I said, they're a team, they've got enough quality in there, if you keep them in the game, they'll, they'll, they'll be around. And unfortunately, that's what happened, and we weren't uh, good enough to shut them down. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, some lost points. Two final questions. First of all, the TMO call at the end. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I was, down on, I was down on the pitch by then, so, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I, probably people at home got a better view than me, so uh, I'm more disappointed that we, we, we allowed that to happen. You know, we shouldn't have been anywhere near that try line, and uh, we prided ourselves on that. And you know, we did that against other teams, and um, I think that's the, the overall message that we, sh- we shouldn't have got down, left it in the hands of a team. Eh? If this team can go to Treviso next week and get the, get the win, and it won't be easy, obviously, but if they can no. to get towards eighteen points, you're, you're gonna you're gonna feel good overall, I guess, won't you? Because there's only one defeat so far. From yeah, but it's, uh, I think you know when we came, yeah, you know, I think the main thing is that we just know that we let that game go. We lost points there. And um, and that's that's gutting when we're trying to, you know, this competition is one of those, and that you've got to get everything you can. And we were, you know, disappointed last week we got nothing, and now we've let two go, you know, possibly three. Um, and 
I said to the boys in the change room, it's all very well talking about it and so, but at the end of the day, it's how we react now. You know, we're going to Treviso where we, where we lost badly last year, so we need to prepare well, get back on it and, um, and uh, you know, get out there and uh, lift, get our standards back and, and, and get, get the right result next week. John, uh, we just said it, Pat, that felt like a defeat. What's your thoughts on it? Oh, absolutely the same. Um, it just feels like we've thrown away three points, to be honest. Um, I just said in the dressing room there that we worked extremely hard for three points um, against Leinster two weeks ago here. And what's the difference of three points um, against Leinster and three points against Cardiff? So it feels like we've thrown away three points. Um, yeah, like 14 points up. Yeah, bonus point opportunity available and uh, we find ourselves defending our line with a minute to go and um, we have aspirations to be top six and we are a work in progress but a top six team put them, puts them away at 14 points up in control after 55 minutes or whatever the case may be so we're disappointed um, it certainly feels like a loss in the change room and it's John, the easy thing for us to do in Sidelam, but we do point to it, is could you have gone for a kick when you were 14 points up? And I mean, that's your call as well. Like, what's what's your thinking on it in hindsight? Uh, absolutely, it's my call. Um, I felt we had the foot in the throat and that it was a case of um, to end the game, really. Um, mm. We get to score, the game's over. Uh, we don't get to score, they come back and draw the match. <laughs> um, in hindsight, possibly go three scores ahead. Um, but I felt that yeah. we had... We were, we were dominating the scrum um, but I felt that going to the corner was a safer option because I didn't want to put the referee in a situation of making a call because I felt he had given one or two calls to Cardiff even though we were the dominant scrum mm. and I felt that um, take the decision out of his hand by going to the corner um, we had scored f- five, ten minutes previously and um, we didn't... Uh, we didn't get the line out right and we had two or three opportunities and we didn't get it right. Um, we can only put our, the blame on ourselves, to be honest. We can't really blame anybody else. Did you feel a tide going against you at any point even before they scored the first try? Um, I think we maybe let um, let up a small bit and let them back into the game and maybe we are expecting somebody else to do it for us and I think we were expecting a bit of magic from somewhere um, as opposed to just grinding it out and that's probably the most disappointing thing that we didn't just grind it out when we had the opportunity to do it and uh, yeah, I'm sure Dan will have a lot of hard work for us during the week. Right, lads, back here again. Obviously, the silence at the end was inevitable, although the team got a nice clap off here, as they will from the clan terrace. But I just felt uh, during the game, look, we're all disappointed, but I felt when it was 24-10 and when we kicked the ball dead and when, when just things started to turn against us, the crowd really just uh, you know, epitomised the, the, the feelings of, oh, no, here we go. And that didn't help the situation, did it? No, it didn't. Like We worked, we, we spoke at half-time um, and said that you know we need to get the crowd behind the team. We need to because the crowd are sort of expecting the team to do something for us when we really should be doing something for them so like they got a fairly decent cheer as they came back on the field and of course then they went and played this again this half time thing whatever they're doing at half time or you know recognising what needs to be done and then implementing it yeah because they changed the line out calls he said, uh, Pat Lamb said that afterwards it was clear they did they tried yeah, a few yeah. trick moves at the front and they caused awful trouble yeah yeah and like William was making the point as well that, that you know we're, we're in a situation where we seem to be making very Strategic and tactical decisions at halftime, rather than a lot of, you know, hair dryer stuff. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not in the dressing room, but you you kind of feel 
that it's fire and it's not all just fire and brimstone. There's actually some thought goes into what happens at all stages. Even on the touchline, it looks a lot more organised. Players are got up. There seems to be a. It always seems very calm. Uh, and it it seems organised, and that's a slight change because it used to be a bit manic at times. So I think he's brought that to it. Um, but the frustration, I think that, that it's just going to keep coming up. Everybody's just going to be frustrated with this. Uh, is that we just the game management went out the window? Oh, yeah. Another thing, lads, a, a fan threw the ball on. I mean, I, I like Pat Lamb mentioned it, and and Joe Healy was having none of it in the sense that he said, "Look, they need to re-execute the lineup." But we got the lineup perfect for. Mm. To me, it still comes down to the decision not to kick the penalty. Okay. You know, well, three points on offer. Are we just drawing a line under any ball bouncing onto the pitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick up on. Yeah, okay. You win a scrum penalty by driving them back ten yards from their own line. Surely the forwards and the captain, who is a forward, says, "We're going to do that again, boys. We're going to do exactly the same thing again." The ball goes into touch for a line-out. The line-out at best all night was running 50-50. It was a bit shambolic, and if it hadn't been for George Naupo, it probably would have been two or three other line-outs lost. Yeah. You do the scrum again. If you get another penalty, you're only one penalty away from a penalty try. You might even get a penalty try on the second one, especially with this referee who's a bit twitchy. Um, William, can I come back on that? Because uh, John Muldoon talked about that, and he did say that he, the reason why he took a scrum there, or why he didn't take a scrum there, is he felt there had been a couple of calls that had gone against him, and he just felt that the lineout was a more assured option based on the changes they had made and the tries yeah. that they had scored at the start of the second half. Mm-hmm. And while in the context of the entire game, there isn't much logic to that. I guess when when he puts it like that. I'd argue. Is it? Um, I'd argue. I'd, I'd argue. I'd argue with it, but look, he's the guy on the pitch that has to make the decision. Yeah. The other decision was the failure to kick the penalty, which would have probably put a seventeen points up. Um, but you live and learn, and you just move on. You, you, that's all you can do. Well, let's 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 see. We're a very young side. Let's see. Dave, Dave I just been like the other thing about John Muldoon, He wasn't afraid to. He wasn't afraid to face up to the question about his decision behind the kicks and stuff. And well, it's, it's sometimes I think. <laughs> We've all played to a certain degree at whatever level we played at. Sometimes you don't see the wood, you can't see the wood for the trees. You're too close to the coal face, and you can't see that. Actually, maybe we need to take a step back from that. Uh, I always wonder with rugby. Sometimes, if you know, someone should be shouting loudly from the window. That you know, yeah, and I think yeah. I think the way it was towards the specific the window, not us, obviously. No, well, clear, oh, actually, I didn't realise quite how close you were to it. But there were other decisions as well. You kind of and I go back to the first try, and. I noticed that McCurney was down, and McCurney was was yes. down under the yes. post. Yeah, just, just to describe, this is the line out in Cardiff's half, conic ball on the top. went miles over the top. Half, yeah. Mick is out of the line. Now, I don't know, was there a hurry up from the ref, or if they just had to go for the quick throw? But if they were going for the quick throw, then it should have gone to two. But they went for the long throw. Mick is still out. The problem is it now goes over the top, Cardiff pick it up. Not only have we taken a throw where one of our main catchers is down, Mick is big indeed. So suddenly, not only have you they broken the line, but you're already a man down effectively. Yeah. So you're playing catch. Now we sorted out that initial problem, but they then scored from a nice move off the scrum. We, it's sometimes we are still making decisions that are just you're thinking you're rushing. You, they're getting caught up. Adrenaline, adrenaline rushes after 15 minutes. You're thinking that's a bit mad. Well, then we're young side. We're, how, how many? But, but the, the thing is, the person who's I, I, don't, I don't mean to pick on John, but the, one, the most experienced man is the captain. He was on the pitch for the six for the for the, for the, for the 80 minutes. The calls and the penalties. The calls are going to scum. He's making those decisions ultimately as the leader on the pitch. 
Yes, when it goes to the backs, the decision-making in the backs and the game management from the front from 10 and 12 towards the end, especially when Ronaldson went off. I think Ronaldson going off gets into Jack's head because yeah. Ronaldson being there since Jack seemed to just free him up yeah. and he was much better. Ronaldson, I don't know what the issue was. It seemed to be cramp or something. And what they did was brought Dara into 13 and moved Robbie, um, to, 12. Robbie to 12. Where... He hasn't played that much rugby, has he? I thought we were trying to make him a 13. Well, you would put Dara at 12. I would put Dara at 12. Well, he's played before and he's very, very effective. And, and a very but similar a type of player. Similar player to, to Ronaldson. Yes. Same type of player. He's yeah. played out half, you know, all the way through the, through the, the regions underage teams and whatever. So he, he knows. He's like your second 5'8 again. Um, so it was just a... Yeah, that was a slightly strange. But the, the, just on the leadership for John, I think he's on his own out there, yes. very much so. Because yes. you know Nathan's in the front row, and that's that's fine. But there's nobody else. Quinn Rue is a quiet guy coming in there, but he's young anyway. He's, yeah, yeah, they're all kids. These are still very young men. This is where we're hoping to bring in, you know, the, the, the likes of Mills Moline have been in the back line and just calming everything down. You know, Bundyaki's playing. It does make a difference. Muldowney often comes on, and, and I know I noticed that when if John and Nathan have gone off, the Muldowney is now effective. Is, is certainly pack leader yes. and probably captain. He spoke to the ref on one Well, I think, yeah, I think yeah. yeah. Um, yeah it, 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 John, yeah, John is John is doing it on his own, and he, again, I think sometimes it might the lack of leadership from behind from behind age. Yes. Is clear because John is. I definitely think in a number of these cases, John is way too close to the goalface to actually take to be a little bit distant oh, from him. So, yeah. And we have no, we have no real. Your most experienced back is Kieran, who is 22. After that, it's yeah. Robbie, who is 21. And you're yeah. thinking, yeah, yeah. 22-year-old. Okay, yes, he is 60 games. He, your scrum half at 22 should not be your most experienced back. It's just no. And, and then you're looking at a situation where when when Ronaldson went up to take the penalty earlier on in the game, you're going, okay, this is our fourth kicker in. Four games, am I right? That, is that because we started with Dara and then we moved to, to Jack? Apparently, Porter was hard kicker, sorry. And, oh, yeah, yeah. and Porter kicked him. So that's four kickers in five games. Oh. And, and then you have a situation. Then you have a situation. Sorry, I've just seen the Ospreys are 15 14 up in Zebra. I think they've won no, it. That's that's one, that was a one way point. Oh, I called on the Zebra to win that one. Oh, I had, that's I had, a killer. I had they were Ospreys by three. Yeah. That would have been one of the best calls ever. Yeah, Can you possibly get back on your train of thought there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, the point was that. that I'm so unprofessional again. <laughs> just again, that, that lack of leadership. A kicker who was in control of his game and knew he was a good kicker and had the confidence would have taken that ball and said. I'm kicking yeah, it. The thing was, he was in control of his game. He, 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 I know, but he's, that's his first start. <laughs> you know, it's his first start. You know, he's... Yeah, he's it, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, and he, uh, uh, an experienced out half minute just marched up and taken the ball and said, I think I'll have three points here, Skip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, but look, you, you can discuss the minute of this stuff and you can go round and round and we can look at the TMO decision and it'll, it'll, it'll I haven't seen it on really on TV. I've only seen it on the screen. I'll probably go home now and watch it on TV and be absolutely livid. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's so bad. It's all, it is... It is it, it's, it's worse it's over, than and the problem is, Mr. Patterson walked within about five feet of me outside there, and could have gone up and said to him, "You did us again," but I didn't because you don't. And um, exactly, all they can do now is, I'm not going to, no, I'm not even going to, I'm going to say it, but I don't really mean it. Take the positives, which is a dreadful expression in sport. But there are positives, aren't there? Yeah, there are serious positives, and I know you know there are. First of all, I genuinely, genuinely, for thirty minutes, forgot that Sam Warburton was on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Genuinely, yeah. he was not. He was. You were, I was listening to you up. You, you barely mentioned him. Yeah. yeah. They had to bring on Navidi, who I think is a fabulous player. I think. Oh, if, if, I think. I think. I don't know what Gatland has against him. So I don't know what Gatland has against Turnbull, who had to leave the Ospreys to get a game. You're there thinking. They bring these two guys up and they make big difference. We saw off Gethin Jenkins. Yes. We saw off Sam Warburton. Cuthbert was anonymous. 
their best, um, Corey Allen was taken off now. Macaulay, Macaulay Cook was very good. Macaulay Cook was very good. The two, I mean, but we saw them off. I, but definitely Matthew Reese stayed on for the entire game. He was the only guy that didn't they, until they had to sub him off when he was yeah, injured. He was, he was he was important for them. But you're looking at if you say we we better t- we drew with a team with like if we said the start of the season they have four we will be disgusted with a 24 all draw against a team with four lines who were forced to bring on three three full Welsh internationals to show yeah. up their team. Yeah. And we're disgusted, A, that we threw it away, and B, that there were a couple of dodgy referee decisions. There's always a couple of dodgy referee decisions. But I think it's perspective. Two weeks ago, the reason we're disgusted with this is, A, we were here, and B, two weeks ago, just build us up. And we were even a bit more optimistic after last week. I mean, no one's going to take three tries off Glasgow in in Scotston, I hope. Yeah, and have them them (laughs) really, really worried as we listened to BBC Radio Scotland last week. I mean, that's the point. This, This team can go away to Treviso and take advantage of a team that are in a bit of disarray for being honest Treviso nothing like they were two years ago well they should really take it out on Treviso yeah. they should be hitting Treviso as if they're tackle bags they should be a hard really go at it I listened to the commentary last week it was very interesting um, because oh, BBC, Scotland, BBC yeah. Radio Scotland had a it was set up they had a they had a theory of how the game was going to go and, and up to about the 60th minute <laughs> they were basically saying you know there could be lots of tries here <laughs> yeah they were they were they were absolutely on that and they were also on the the, 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 the constant issue was that Connacht will run out of steam they always okay. Do yeah. and then at the end, uh, Sean Lenin. Have I got that right? Yes. Because I kept calling him Lamont, uh, and, I, and I and I transferred that onto Twitter from his text. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there you but go. I'm the one who should know better. Yeah. Sean Lamont was playing. You didn't see that tweet from Dave. Dave was going. I'm really impressed. He's able to comment while on the pitch. Like. <laughs> I don't know. I was in the south of France. I wasn't good. Yeah, I'm sure all the podcast listeners care. Yeah, yeah. To get back to the point, yeah. which was that uh, he then essentially spent 40 seconds, 50 seconds at the end of it saying he was really surprised and almost, I think, delighted. He said Connacht played for the full 80 minutes. He said they're incredibly physical. And he said the organisation. And, and it's interesting to get a view that's outside our view. Yeah. Um, because they're obviously there to, to cheer on the Scottish teams. It's also very interesting that they absolutely detest Edinburgh and Alan Solomons, and they kept <laughs> so it was like they were the Glasgow rugby TV, like a <laughs> radio, like it was unbelievable. Well, they hate the guys. Well, there was a, who was the who was the Scottish guy who was actually doing the summaries? Peter Rice, the oh, former man. Scotland prop. Well, he, he actually says, and I'm not, I'm not going to imitate his accent. He says. Um, I was offered the Edinburgh game tonight and I just said, no, I couldn't be bothered going to watch them again. <laughs> Which I thought was fantastically honest for a summariser. He said, I wanted to come here and watch some rugby. For those of you not from the West of Ireland, this is a true West of Ireland way of doing things. When, when we're a bit down about our own lives, we start talking about other people who are in worse situations. There are a lot of teams in worse situations at the moment than Connacht. Just, just in case you're wondering what the uh, squeaking is, that's actually the sand being mowed. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I like the worst. Oh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> Sorry, we had to get it in. Have to get where's Wally of this podcast? Yeah, yeah. I, I said nothing. I don't, I'm not sure where we are. When numbers, numbers mean nothing to you. Moe yeah, well, means nothing. To you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've been trying to say professional, but failed misery. The, uh, the, the, there is that point. 14 points on the table. If we get to 18 points, I, I'm just going to say it right here. A, a one-point win in Treviso, and I'm happy. 
I know everyone will be saying we should we should bulldoze them. But I, I mean, if you go into Europe in that kind of position with the boys to come back, with like I think you're looking at Ospreys away and then Zebra and, and Scarlets at home. Yeah, Zebra and Scarlets at home, and they're they're gonna arrive without their internationals who will either be coming oh, yeah. off or going on the whole pattern, particularly Senectly. So, you look that that's you see you have to manage it. You're now managing expectation. Mm-hmm. And Europe's coming along, and Europe used to be uh, a lovely diversion because you might have only won one Pro 12 game right at the start of September. <laughs> yeah. and, so, and suddenly Europe comes along, and you think, oh, this is different, this is good, we might win a couple of games. You just wonder is it almost getting in the way of the main event, which really is becoming this league? And it's, as, it's difficult to figure out what any team in that group really is going to try to do. Exeter are sort of indicating that they're going to use it as a preparation for the Anglo-Welsh Cup. And then you've got two French teams and you just do not know what their approach is going to be. They both desperately told me to stay in the top 14. Right lads, time's nearly up. Final thoughts from each of you just on today and just whatever you want to talk about. Uh, let's stop talking about today and start talking about next week and let's have a win in Treviso. That's what I would say. Still unbeaten at home. Yeah, there is that. God, I hate touch judges. <laughs> touch judges. Touch judges. Can we do without them? Can we just look at options for next podcast? Um, um, touch judges will actually help referees make decisions. That would be nice. Yeah, and, and not come in for a long chat about nothing. Just yeah, and the first half was like, yeah. oh wait, there could be that. No, there was no foul play. Why are we even doing this? I reckon the touch judges last week made more decisions and more con- telling contributions because there was no TMO. The TMO has completely is allowing touch judges to get off the hook. Yeah. They don't have to make. They have more powers and they're making less decisions. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good finish. All right, folks, that's it for this week. I'll be in Treviso next week. We've got a sponsor for Galway Bay Commentaries, Life Life Transports. I Excellent. hope you get a horrible sunburn. Hey, yeah. tough time. <laughs> hey, what? What? It's a hard job, Dave. Yeah, podcast mission. Podcast mission. You're going to fly us over, will? No. He <laughs> 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 Oh yeah, yeah. The, the podcast budget extractions to. Uh, yeah, oh, you bring guys us over, yeah, yeah. yeah. It sure does, yeah. Islande rugby de Craigie.